Hi, everyone, and welcome to Your Sales MBA, the podcast where Jeff Hoffman and Cece Aparo answer your most challenging sales and management questions. Let's jump on into this week's email. Do you have lingering contracts out there? Are you waiting for your prospect to send a proposal back? What's the best way to send your prospect a proposal? As we head towards the end of the quarter, we can sometimes feel like we're chasing our prospects. Jeff and Cece answer an email this week about how to get contracts and proposals back faster. They'll cover how you can organize your company's pricing structure with the necessary steps, i.e. rate cards, verbal commitments, proposals, contracts, and the best closes to use to get what you want, when you want. Your Sales MBA starts now. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Your Sales MBA, where we're answering all of your sales questions. We have Jeff Hoffman and Cece Apero here. And Jeff, it's hard to believe, but this is yeah. going to come out, this episode, and it's going to be the start of a new quarter. Oh, wow. Okay. It's crazy. It's uh, This year is flying by. It's flying by. What's your favorite way to start a quarter? Do you do something different at the start of every quarter? Yeah. So, um, you mean other than trying to scramble in all the deals that slipped from the last yeah. quarter? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, well, early part of a quarter for me is generally I spend at least a day or two retuning my account plan for the year because I don't like to look at my account plan when I'm in the middle of a bunch of deals, but I do like to look at them through the rearview mirror. So especially at the end of a quarter, because I probably wrote out a pretty detailed roadmap how I'm going to function and how I'm going to hit my year. And every quarter, that's a pretty big milestone to kind of keep me honest and see if I have to make the adjustments. So typically I'll do some some account planning or or territory planning updating also, I'm probably going to give a lot of love to the folks in my company in marketing and in legal and in contracts because I probably leaned on them a lot at the end of the quarter to get their help on closing some deals. And my way of saying thank you is with lots of lunches and uh, donuts uh, the first couple of days of the month. So I, I always try to make sure the beginning of my quarter, I'm getting in front of my colleagues that I don't see every day that probably helped me the quarter, the quarter before. Yeah, it's so true. You know what I always do, though, at the start of a quarter? It's mm. like, for me, New Year's resolution. I come up with a new goal for that quarter. Oh, like, that What's that. my resolution going to be for that quarter? And I write it down, not just at work, but I write it down at home, too. In really obscure places, I got one of those magnetic uh, calendars for our fridge so that my husband knows when I'm traveling, where I'm traveling, and who's on first. And I always <laughs> write it. It's, it's pathetic, but it works like a charm. But I nice. always write it on there because it's I, I'm in the fridge every day. So I'm always looking at it, which is that's good because, you know, it's really good, actually, because it forces us to kind of think about a, a 30, a 13 week goal instead of a year. Yeah. Goal. And yeah. those, are, those are things you can probably achieve. Totally, totally. Small goals. Mm-hmm. Definitely. All right. Well, we have some interesting questions here. Jeff, you have a choice. OK, for this like podcast. Oh, boy. Would you rather talk about proposals or do you want to talk about discounts? Oh, mm. well, this is the beginning of a quarter. So we're going to do proposals. We'll do the discount ones maybe in a few weeks. So let's All do, right. let's, let's do uh, proposals. What do you got? All right. This is from Kushal. Kushal said, hi, guys. My colleagues and I have a question for you based right. on recent events at our company. Tell us, Kushal. 
We're a newer startup. And so despite our best efforts, sometimes our sales quotas and deals really do come down to the wire in terms of timing. In those situations, we found we all really struggled with sending over proposals and never hearing back from them or having them drag their feet with uh, even opening the email and looking at the proposal, but never responding. Mm -hmm. What's your advice with getting my prospects to look at the proposal faster? Okay, good. Thanks. Good question. I know you're not alone on it. Is that really the question, though? You want them to look at it faster or do you want them to sign it faster? Because there's two different questions. And I think I know what you meant. I think you meant sign it. But because I really don't care what, how long it takes them to look at something, I'm more interested in their decision. Remember the rule of closing for, for all listening. We talk about this a lot. At least my definition and CeCe's definition of closing is that closing is really about asking people to make decisions right now. Now, sometimes those closes are little and sometimes they're big, but that's what it is. It's asking someone to make a decision right now. And it also means, since you're doing the closing, that you have to live with the decision. So we generally stick to that pretty well until we get to the big C close. And the big C close is the proposal. And then what do we do? We say, okay, great. Well, I'll send your proposal and I'll follow up and see or call if there's any questions or take a look at it and review it and we'll talk next week or um, let's set up a time to look at it later. And what we want to do is we give them what they wanted. It's the final step in the sale is when they hold the contract. There's nothing else for you to do, only to have them hold that contract with you not in the room and with no definitive element of where they have to make their decision. So the delay from that prospect is their delay in making a decision. And since this is the big end of the road decision, buying or not buying, it's not surprising to me that when you don't close on the proposal, you get long, long gaps before that customer resurfaces. So how do we get better at this? First, it's really important, whether it's at your company or on your own, that you have several layers of how you offer pricing and terms. What do I mean by that? Generally, first, I like to separate the actual dollars and cents from the legalese of the contract. Maybe your company already does that with a statement of work and a services agreement. Maybe others have an EA and then these add-on addendums for pricing. Maybe your, co your company doesn't do that. They just have one document. And if that's the case, work with your legal folks on separating them. Why? I want to have a variety of layers I can use to introduce pricing. First layer is rate card pricing. And hopefully it's on your website but certainly it's conspicuous. The idea is that this is a price I would give anyone who asked me in an airport what my stuff costs, I'll just tell you. You have to have that number. You need that number early in the sales process, but it's good to have. You have a rate card. Then after rate card, then you go into the level of what I would call verbal pricing, which is after several meetings and discovery calls and maybe POCs, you can start to frame the deal in the terms where you can at least give the customer a good idea of how this deal is going to be framed, and this is going to be done verbally, not on email. The third level, and again, more teeth in it, in my opinion, would be the actual quote. A quote, although it's kind of official because it's coming from you on behalf of your company, a quote, even though written, is not suitable for signature. So it's not an actual legal document, but it does have specific pricing and terms within it. And then... After we get to that level, we talk about the proposal itself. And in my opinion, it should be two. There should be the, the legal and then the numbers. And when you get to that fourth stage, 
when you get to the place where it's time for proposal time, the customer says, can you send us the proposal? Your answer is always the same. Absolutely. Let's take a look at your calendar and find 30 minutes so I can show you, I can walk you through this proposal when you see it. Simply put, you do not send proposals without the ability to close for the deal at the same moment. If the customer is unwilling to take a proposal review meeting with you, they are equally unwilling to buy. This is a critical part of my career. This I had to learn this. And when I learned this, it changed a lot of stuff for me. Once I embraced the notion that no contract that can be signed leaves my outbox unless I'm on the phone or in front of the buyer, once I made that decision, my chasing of contracts completely disappeared. Doesn't mean it was always easy because you get a lot of objections and a lot of like, well, you know, we have to send this up. We're looking at three other proposals. Uh, well, this has to go to procurement. My answer is always the same. Got it. I, whatever you got to do, you got to do. But I want to walk you through this proposal in real time. You've never seen our proposals before. Before, There are things I want to explain to you, and I want to make sure I got everything right. Because if I got something wrong, we can catch it on the call. But there is no way I'm going to send a proposal that's suitable for signature unless I also have an audience with the person I'm about to close. So, Jeff, I think there's a lot of people listening to this podcast now who like this, and I think they get it. And it makes total sense. It's something that you taught me to do early on, and it's something that I've seen work really well. But I think people are hesitant on those calls to use language and, and ask a close that is going to really have some teeth to it. And we've talked about this on other podcasts. So what are your top two closes that you recommend people use at the end of that call? At the end of the call, it, it, it could not be simpler, and it also couldn't be more couldn't be more elegant, and at the same time couldn't be more difficult, depending on the on the rep. But simply, it's this: once you've gone through the proposal and reviewed it, you say, "Well, CC, will you be signing this contract right now and faxing it to me? Will you be signing this contract right now and sending it to me in an email? Will you be signing this contract before this call is over?" They should have a little answer. The chances are they're going to say no. Whatever they say, when they say no, this is this is the last close. This is the last close. There is nothing left for me, Jeff the rep, to ask. This is the last question I get to ask. So when I say, Cece, will you be signing this contract and sending it back to me when we're done with this call? And you say, well, I can't do that today. You don't say a word. You just sit there in silence and let them sit in silence with you. Because this is the end of the journey. So if they're saying, no, I can't do it today, and they don't give you any more explanation, just be quiet because that explanation is coming. And then you wait for that pause. And then the prospect says, because I still got to get to, I still got to get sign off from this person, or I still got to get this budget approved, or it's not going to be done till August. But at least I'll get all that on this call. And then I'll deal with it. You know, if I've got to extend the terms or I'm going to bring in another buyer, I mean, you get to continue to manage the opportunity. But think of it another way. The second you send a contractor proposal to a customer that is suitable for execution and signature, the moment it leaves your hands, your hands have also left the steering wheel of this deal. It is over. There are no more games. There are no more tricks. There are no more behaviors. There are no more techniques. The second that contract leaves your hands, you are done. So if you believe that, and I certainly do, it would behoove you at that moment to require and demand of yourself 
that you give it your best shot right now. There is no later. There is no later when that contract is sent. Does that mean you can't do it just sending the contracts the way a lot of us do it and just say, yeah, I'll follow up in a couple of days? Does that mean you won't get people buying? Of course people will buy. But they won't be buying as fast as you want them to. Right. And now it's on their terms and not yours. That's right. That's right. There isn't a customer on the planet Earth that when getting a contract from a sales rep doesn't expect to be closed. They know what you do for a living. (laughs) So the idea that you won't close at this stage is so abhorrent to the job. And I'd argue even the perception by your customer. It defies logic to do anything less than what I'm suggesting. Did you know that most cold emails have a response rate between 0.5 and 0.9%? That means in less than 1% of the time, your prospects are opening, reading, and replying to your messages. Messages that you probably spent a lot of time creating. Not ideal when you have a pipeline to fill and numbers to hit. But we at Hoffman are here to help. In just one day, you can learn the do's and don'ts when it comes to cold calling and emailing your prospects. With a proven track record of success and response rates over 20%, we're giving you everything you need to be successful. Our workshops range from prospecting and crafting the perfect email, to negotiating for what you want, delivering the perfect close, and running an effective pipeline review. In every workshop, you'll learn the skills needed to master these techniques and leave with the confidence to crush your quota. Send us an email at workshops at sellhoffman.com or visit our website to get more information and see what city we'll be in next. Happy selling, everyone. All right, Jeff, I think this is all great stuff for people to use moving forward. But what about for the people listening right now who do have contracts or proposals out there that are lingering? What can they do in the next day or two in order to get some eyes on that and get some answers? The only thing I've ever done in these, when I was making the transition from doing what I think most of us do, which was what I think the the email uh, that came into the podcast was suggesting. And when I pivoted toward this notion of, you know what, this is the last thing I'm doing in this deal, so I'm going to go for it. While I was doing that pivot, I did have some deals and some opportunities and some proposals that were out in the woods that I couldn't get back in. And I just did the classic Hail Mary. I I left voicemails for all these people and said like this. Hi, CC. Uh, listen, Jeff Hoffman calling from XYZ. I made a mistake on that proposal, and we won't be able to honor it if you sign it. Would you call me back? It's a simple fix, but I need to talk to you before you sign it. That kind of urgency usually gets a call back, and I'll tell you, if you don't get a call back, that deal's over. I like it. Inspiring urgency where none exists, Jeff. Amen. That's what it's all about. Amen. All right. Hope it's helpful. It is. <laughs> Kushal, we hope this one helps you. And if it doesn't help you with the contracts you have out, you got your Hail Mary option. And then yep. we're just going to switch things up moving forward. Yeah. Make sure that you're walking through those proposals with the buyer on the phone before sending anything. And, and also remember, have if you only have one way of getting price and that's a contract, well, that's that's on you. You don't have enough. You don't have a lot of flexibility. So make sure you've got a step where you've got, all right, I've got rate card, I got verbal, I got quote, I got written. That just have that in your bag too. That way you can handle the questions about pricing without worrying about closing for a proposal because it's too soon. 
All right, Jeff, what is the one thing that everyone should be doing today? Yeah. So if you don't believe everything that Cece and I were saying on this podcast, here is my to-do for today. And you're done listening to this podcast, you're going to work, you call the most senior person you know in the IT department of your company. And you ask that person how many contracts are in your inbox from vendors that if you sign them, you would become a customer. How many do you have in your inbox? And let them answer, and I think you're going to be very shocked at the volume of contracts that sit in IT departments' inboxes not being looked at. A little perspective for you. A little perspective. I like it. All right, All right everyone. We, this has been awesome. You guys, these questions are just Fantastic. I think we're really good at this. I think we're really I, good at this. I think we're really good at this. I've heard a few of these podcasts and most of them suck. I think we're actually, I think this is, I think these are good. We're giving, I, a, giving away good stuff for free. I, I'm just saying that out loud. I'm, I'm giving myself an attaboy. I'm giving you an attagirl. I'm giving Allie an attagirl. I'm giving everybody an attaboy. Well, thanks for that, Jeff. Sending me into my Tuesday afternoon with a lot of love here. Um, keep these questions coming. We love answering them. Enjoy these first few weeks of summer and happy selling. Happy selling, everybody. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Your Sales MBA. Remember to send us your sales questions at podcast at sellhoffman.com, or you can even tweet us at Your Sales MBA pod. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you can be the first ones to get Jeff and Cece's expert sales tips delivered right to your earbuds every week. Happy selling, everyone.